So yes, indeed, voluntary input is finally back. Took about a month off to make some format changes. One of the most exciting changes is the uh, YouTube simulcast. Uh, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, thank you. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that button. I think everyone knows how that works by now. Uh, this week, uh, th since this is going to be kind of a almost kind of a test of how this is all going to work out. It wasn't scheduled. It wasn't announced. So please forgive me for that. But like I said, this is going to be the first test run of the new format of the show. Uh, so this week is also going to be more of a, a wrap up kind of episode. So if you're familiar with the voluntary input podcast, you know that every so often I do a wrap up of just some things that I find as uh, find to be interesting topics. So let's go ahead and dive in. Again, thank you for joining me for the return of Voluntary Input. Uh, it's been about a month since the last episode. Um, first of uh, I, I want to thank everyone who so far has participated in this series for the least. Now, people have asked me, you know, is it over? There was only a few episodes, only a couple episodes. No, it's not over. Um, <clears throat> what happens with things like this is that... Um, you know, people's schedules change. Life happens. You know, summer break comes around. Uh, and you got to remember the people I'm talking to are parents themselves and they have responsibilities and they have other things going on in their lives. So, you know, schedules get turned around and adjusted. You know, people make commitments, but then unfortunately, you know, something else comes up and that's fine. You know, and I try to remind them there's no pressure, there's no hurry, but I do think it's important to get the, to continue the message, to continue to talk about uh, adoption and foster care uh, in the way that we were covering it. And we will. We'll get back to that. Those the the uh, for the least series is not over uh, in any way, shape or form. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is Trump's war on Yahweh. Now, this has been in the news a lot, um, primarily because you got this tech giant Yahweh uh, who they've pretty much been the backbone of the internet for for quite some time uh, and uh, a lot of other countries besides the United States you know are depending on them for the the next step in um, network communication 5g now there's been a lot of chatter about 5g don't fool yourselves in the United States it really hasn't rolled out yet i mean there's you got these little they're basically test cities i mean you have chicago and whatnot but as it is right now it's garbage i, I if if i were you i wouldn't put any stake in it yet yeah you can go ahead and buy a five uh 5g enabled phone but by the time real 5g actually rolls out in the united states it's going to be another year or two 
the phone you buy now that's 5G enabled, there's going to be a new phone available at that point anyway. And you're probably going to want that new one anyway. So just hold tight. But that's not the point here. The point here is Yahweh, uh, basically, they they manufacture the equipment that's the, the structure and the backbone of this type of network topography. And the problem is there's, you know, there's rumors that they're tied to the Chinese government. There's all this espionage talk and yada yada. And I have to agree with what a lot of other people have been saying. The way it's going thus far, Yahweh may go under. But I just wanted to talk about this because my biggest problem with the way it's being handled is... Unfortunately, uh, President Donald Trump's rhetoric about it, he says, you know, they're a national security threat. Ban them, ban them. Any, com- you know, any company that does business with them, you know, you guys are going to be in trouble. But then on the flip side of that, he says, but hey, if we work out a trade deal, Yahweh's fine. So it's as if he's saying, you're a horrible threat and you're not allowed in my country unless of course you uh spend money the way i want you to spend money i mean that makes absolutely no sense to me especially since the fact of the matter is as far as we all know there really hasn't been any concrete proof that yahweh is engaged in or potentially engaged in any kind of uh threatening espionage activity so it it kind of almost doesn't make any sense at this point. So it really becomes, um, it, it really is just a talk about money. And that's unfortunate because um, the way things are evolving technologically, if you're going to cut off the legs of a giant company like Yahweh, just because you don't like them over a financial over financial bickering that you have over with their home country, that's 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 just unfortunate to me. And I I hope we can move on past it. I wouldn't like to see Yahweh go under. I mean they they make some great phones. I've never owned one. Um, at this point, if you do own one or if you thought you were gonna buy one, it's kind of a foolish endeavor because after a while, apparently they're not gonna get any more uh, significant. Uh, Android security updates, but we'll we'll just have to wait and see how this all plays out. But I I hope that it um it 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 plays out in the favor of keeping Yahweh. The United States says, you know what? Okay, we we checked everything. You guys are cool. And yeah, on the flip side of that, I hope Yahweh's not really up to anything shady. But you know, there is no evidence pointing to the fact that they are anyway in the first place. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is the death of iTunes. Apple finally announced they're putting the nail in the coffin and they're going to primarily focus on things like Apple Music and Apple TV. Now, in my opinion, iTunes should have been dead a long time ago. I remember when iTunes first launched, it was great. I thought, yeah, this is this is a great idea. This is how digital music should be handled. iTunes changed how people buy records. You know, they changed how we all buy music, how we even think about music when new music comes out. I remember when I was younger, we would go to the local record store at the mall 
and buy tapes, CDs, or what have you. But when iTunes come along, no, you don't do that anymore. You just pay 99 cents for a single or you buy the whole album and and then you get album art and lyrics and other things and suggestions but my biggest problems with my biggest problem with iTunes always was that it was just so overhead heavy it was resource heavy it often would just bog down any system you were using because of everything it was trying to do in the background and then Apple's reliance on iTunes for restoring and backing up their iPhones was always the the worst thing in the universe in my opinion in my opinion it was the worst thing ever I'm like what what why especially after so many years you know when technology got to the point where you know updates and backups could be done over the air why are you depending on plugging your phone into a computer and then, you know, Apple, they finally evolved out of it and they, they've decided, yeah, it's, it's time to kill this behemoth. <laughs> and thank God they did. So iTunes is dead and now, you know, iPhone and Apple users can move forward and let the past go. It's the best way I can say it, I guess. Uh, next, I wanted to talk about an, a big announcement that Google had now. A few months ago, they announced stadia which i thought was great you know a lot of people criticize google because of the way you know google tends to have this habit of creating a lot of things people get used to using them and then they kill them off i don't think this is what's going to happen with stadia and then just following along with this i i i think it's the next i think it's part of the next evolution of gaming i think the whole console idea Owning a console will probably slowly die off, especially if we can get better network topography. Uh, I, th- I think that should be the future. You know, I think, um, in my opinion, Sony and Nintendo and even Microsoft, they had this thought themselves. I mean, the fact that uh, all of the new games depend so much on uh, Internet connections, I do believe that at one time, Everyone thought, you know, if we could just stop having to print these discs or creating these banks for downloads, if we had a way to where people could have their own separate instances and stream their game experiences. And I think that's what Google is, is finally starting to do. And I I think it's a great idea. So, you know, there is the question of latency and who how is your network connection where you live well the good news is google provides you the tool as of the uh, as of yesterday to where you can check your internet speed me personally i clicked on it and um you know and it gave me a result of you will have an excellent experience excellent experience but i live in an area where you know i have uh spectrum and i get 200 down uh so you know i knew it wasn't going to be a uh, any kind of a problem to begin with uh, and then they announced the pricing, $10 a month, and then you can buy titles. There's also a base package that's free, and then you can buy games as you want them. Again, I think it's a great idea. The only thing I don't like is this, um, this initial entry that they call the founders, because 
they want you to pay up front, but you don't really get this demo package. You don't get to demo it, and the upfront cost is like $130. Well, you know, I would be all in for that, but can I demo it first before I give you the money, Google? But in any case, I mean, we could take a look at what, uh, here's a short clip of what Stadia is. And like I said, I, I think it's a great idea. I think Google is going in the right direction with this. Three with the Stadia ago, Connect, you get your own controller. There's Phil Harrison. Game platform powered by the best of Google. Stadia makes it easy to play your favorite games on any screen in your life. No downloads, no patches, no installs. Just grab your controller and you're in. So there's no console required to play your favorite games. We've lined up an incredible selection of games, including fighting, sports, role-playing games, first-person action, and racing titles. Our highest quality gaming experience is remarkable with 4K HDR video at 60 frames. And again, I think this is this is all good stuff. And when you look at the, the quality of these games, uh, the title lists, I mean, and there's that connection chart I was talking about. You'll get the best experience playing with our new Stadia controller. When you're ready to play, the Stadia controller connects directly. Okay, but you get the idea. I better go ahead and click off of that. I don't know if uh, I'm actually allowed to stream that. <laughs> Hopefully Google doesn't take down the stream just because I showed that. But um, whatever. But in any case, I think Stadia is a great idea. I, I like the idea of being able to play any of these game titles you want. Unlike my Chromebook or or even on my uh, my Pixel or, you know, the way they're showing it, you can play it on any device that has a great network connect, uh, connection and you take your Stadia controller and you have a video game experience. You don't have to lug around a box. Um, you don't have to lug around any discs or depend on any downloads or anything like that. Which brings us to another little side note. A lot of people noticed the death of YouTube gaming, which was kind of funny because if you remember correctly, I think you uh, Google that was only launched as a response to Twitch. But I think by now everyone should understand that, you know, just like in social media, how Facebook has no competition. Twitch has no competition. There will not be another Twitch. I think everyone should just stop trying. Let Twitch be Twitch. It it already is basically the standard for for game streaming um you, you know game stream interactive social game streaming so just let twitch be twitch <laughs> and stop trying to compete because you're not there's not going to be another one <laughs> okay and then finally i want to wrap this up with a, a little side uh shout out to some uh cord cutting i was at my mother-in-law's uh this past weekend um, actually my in-laws in general, not just my mother-in-laws, but I had stopped by her house because I had a niece graduating. Congratulations, Jasmine. Um, and we were talking about TV and cable and my mother-in-law had mentioned because of the way she works, she's almost never home anyway. And she was talking about how her cable bill has still just been outrageous. And so she called Spectrum and got a lot of her channels removed. And she still feels like the price is a little high. And so I was telling her, you know, you, you have the TV 
you could buy a new TV, like get a smart TV like a Roku TV, or go buy a Roku uh, stick or box or even a fire stick. But you know, you guys know me by now. I'm partial to Roku. And then I was talking to her about just getting a streaming service. Now, there's a lot of them out there. Um, you know, there's a lot of competition. And I just wanted to give a quick mention to one that I, I think is great. Um, just Philo. The thing about Philo is it's the price is the biggest deal here. As you can see here, you get 58 channels for $20 a month. Now, if you were like me and you signed up this uh, signed up for this when Philo first launched, you're grandfathered in. I personally get Philo for um, I get it for $16 a month. And the list of channels is, is pretty robust. Like I said, you, you get 58 channels. You can add to this as well. You get DVR service. Um, it's unlimited DVR as a matter of fact. And I mean, if you look at the channel lineup here, you get uh, you get your hallmarks, uh, you get investigative discovery, uh, history channel, HGTV, DIY. And now I don't care for these. You get all these MTVs, you get BET. I don't really care for those channels, but they are there. You get uh, you get TLC, you get the Food Network. And I think it's a great value for those who are looking for you know like my mother-in-law her point was because of the way i work i almost never watch tv and when i am home i i'm only watching a few different shows anyway so i just can't justify spending 140 to over 200 dollars a month for cable now the only thing that is missing from uh philo you will note that there's no local channel streaming. But again, if you've been following cord cutting at all, you know, cord cutters like myself and cord, uh, those at Cord Cutters News will tell you, always buy an antenna and hook up to your TV. Don't depend on these streaming services for local channels. Yeah, it would be great and convenient that everything's there. But if you get the antenna, first of all, you're going to get more local channels than all the streaming uh, services are going to present to you anyway. Hook up your antenna. Use that for all of your local channels. Another thing that's missing from Philo is there's no CNNs and there's no Fox Newses. And she had told me, well, I, I, you know, she likes to watch Fox News. So Fox does have a standalone news app. And again... For people like her, Philo is $20 a month. You're going to spend about $70 a month for your um, high-speed internet from Spectrum. And if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to check into this and anyone can uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. I think you can get the standalone Fox News app for about uh, $10 a month. I believe someone has said, said to me, I'll look into that further and follow up with it. And again, if anyone has uh, definitive information, please contact me and let me know. But again, I, I just think Philo is a perfect package for those who, you know, if you're either just looking to cut costs or if you're like my mother-in-law, you don't watch much TV anyway. But when you come home, you do want to see certain shows on certain channels. 
So look into, uh, look into Philo, 58 channels, $20 a month. You can add more. They don't have a ton of extra channels, but that's why the price is so low. So keep that in mind. All right, guys. So that's that's pretty much it for this episode. Like I said, this is kind of like an inaugural episode with the simulcasting on the YouTube channel and as well as, you know, the other changes that you may have noticed have come to uh, the Voluntary Input Podcast. And um, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And also, another change that has come to the channel, I almost forgot this. If you look in the show notes, show notes on the podcast, you'll see that you could you can contact and leave messages, you know, about anything I may have talked about tonight. Like I said, if you have information about the Fox News Channel app, the pricing, go ahead and go through the, the show notes on the podcast and send me information, you know, leave me a message there. And as always, you can also contact me at leojallenjr.com select contact me leave you know shoot me an email give me some show ideas any suggestions comments or questions about anything that i said tonight or or anything you would like to to follow up on so thanks a lot guys for joining me stay tuned because like i said the um the series for the lease will be returning it's just, you know, there was a lot of scheduling difficulties. A lot of things happen. You know, life happens in general. So thanks a lot, guys, for joining me for this episode and stay tuned for the next one.